you have until the count of five. I happen to love the number five. It's a beautiful number, a glorious number. You got to the count of five. Welcome to this week's episode of Got Till 5. My name is Max Curden, and your name is... Jesse Benz is my name! Sorry, I'm trying to keep my levels low still, because I know that um, I'm not allowed to shout anymore. (laughs) We finally got him trained. It's been a year and a half, and he's finally trained. (laughs) We are a wrestling podcast, and we do top fives. Hello, old listeners. Hello, new listeners. Welcome to the show. This is a weird beginning. I don't like it. Yeah, it's odd, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. Um, What are we doing this week? Top five debuts. Debuts. We are looking at wrestlers who have... Or, or, let's not say wrestlers. Let's say people in wrestling who have debuted. Yes. Okay, that makes me think that um, one of us is going to nick one from the other um, <laughs> based on the way that you've said that. Shocker. Um, for people who have been listening and people who are new, uh, we've kind of mixed up the format recently where we literally just do five picks between us and we're sticking to the actual moniker of Got Till Five. And you're wondering, how do you split up five into two? Or, yeah, that makes sense math-wise, doesn't it? <laughs> how do you, yeah, how do you half five? Exactly, that's the word I'm looking for. Uh, we've been doing fun little quizzes, and we had people come in and do it, and then we got bored of that. So last time, it was WrestleMania season, and Jesse quizzed me five questions, and I had to get four out of five right. I only got three right. I genuinely think I found my calling in life coming up with... Um wrestling related questions because they were difficult but not stupidly difficult they were interesting and we all learned something it's true they, they were really good questions and, and i struggled to answer quite a few of them i needed to, to take a pause and figure them out exactly um, um, and you put and you put the who wants to be a millionaire music so um i said on the last show if you could put who wants to be a millionaire music and sync my with it i will think i will call you an editing god and you are an editing god my friend it sounded mint yeah jesse sent me a message of like basically that and i've saved it printed it and it's <laughs> framed it hung up on my bed to stare at <laughs> it's the last thing i see before i sleep um <laughs> that's nice um yeah so i said i mean it was like 12 days later <laughs> than the actual episode being out because i don't i don't tend to listen to these ever because i was there but, um, but yeah, it was nice to hear. Well done, you did a good job. I'm proud of you. Thank you, buddy. So I didn't win last time. And if you lose, it means that you only get two picks and the winner gets three picks. So they get five free and a coveted number one spot. This and week, you've written me a quiz! I have, and you're so excited about this. I'm so excited to like just answer questions. I don't think you would have shown up tonight if there wasn't a quiz prepared. No. No. And uh, you're right, I had so much fun making the questions. <laughs> it's, it's really good, isn't it? Like, you understand why uh, Richard Osmond's so happy all the time. <laughs> you're right, that's his whole calling in life, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've come up with the same five educational, semi-difficult, but I think manageable questions. I'm so ready. I'm almost erect. Oh, we, we will get to that, my friend, but... How how are you? I, I get to see you tomorrow in person. We we're seeing each other out. in real life. IRL. Um, yeah, that'll be banging. Um, we're spending um, Easter weekend together because it's only right. Um, Max told me that we've done it like the last few years on the trot. I didn't even realise. It's sort of an accidental tradition that's happened. But um, it'll be nice. You're coming to Cheltenham. We're going to be day drinking in the sunshine, hopefully. 
And, which we um, think is a good idea at our age, and we're like doing it on the first day that we hang out, which means we're fucked for the rest of the weekend in terms of productivity. Yeah, you're right. We're just going to ruin it on the first like in the first two hours, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. I'm tired, mate. Because um, we're, we're meeting up tomorrow night for like drinks anyway, so we probably won't even make Friday day drinking. Yeah, that's true. It's going to be yeah, it's not going to be good. But it'll be nice to see you. It'll be nice to see um, you. That's <laughs> <laughs> all you need in your life, really. <laughs> all I need um, yeah I made up your little bed all on my own um, um, you're actually sleeping in this room that I'm recording in right now in my um, podcast studio so you should be honoured by that lovely I'm going to do horrendous things to your microphone oh Jesus oh, it's, 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 it's a good girth as well my microphone yeah don't smell it when you use it next time no well l- luckily it's white so I can tell if anything's happened to it afterwards <laughs> <laughs> that's good I need, I need a new we'll talk about this off air but I need a new microphone so we'll talk business afterwards ah okay Lovely. I can sort you. I can sort you out. Yeah, man. What's wrong with your one? Nothing's wrong. I want one for work. Oh right. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. Cool. All right, then. Um, let's do a quick. Oh, do you want any specific music? Don't pick who wants to be a millionaire last time because when I was editing that, I listened to about two hours worth of who wants to be a millionaire music. Yeah, all right. But the majority of it's just like a heartbeat. Yeah, like, but it gets a bit repetitive. Um, does um, Mastermind have music? Maybe. I haven't watched it for a long time. No. Um, or no. What about the um, what about the countdown music? <laughs> I think that's even more annoying. But that means you've got to answer within thirty seconds. So you've no, just keep, keep it stuff. keep it ticking forever. Just loop it. Okay. No, Maybe. don't really. It will be really annoying. It'll be really annoying. Um, well, yeah, I'll, we'll I'll come, come up, up with something sinister. It'll be fine. Right. It'll be fine. Sinister, yeah. Um, so do um, the do you know the music in Pokemon when you're in caves? <laughs> <laughs> do 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 do. Me 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 me. Do you remember that music? If you can just book. do that for the next twenty minutes, I'll, just, I'll bed that underneath, and then we'll do it on top. It's good. I think the first time you hear it is Viridian Forest in Red and Blue, so you don't even have to get far. I'm not going to sit there on my Game Boy with a microphone, <laughs> just holding a Game Boy Color up to the mic. <laughs> Random Zubat encounter. Do do do. Damn it! There's no, there's no Zubats in Viridian Forest, Max. Oh, I'm sorry, Jesse. <laughs> There's weedles, caterpies, metapods, um, cocooners, and occasionally Pikachus. You're correct. You stupid I, man. I, I just played, finished Let's Go Eevee, so I should know that. There you go. Good game, that. You didn't care for it, did you? I got a bit bored, only because I played Red and Blue a yeah. million times, a million different ways, and so I just knew everything that was going to happen. There was nothing particularly new and exciting. And I don't like... Um, I didn't like the pokemon go aspect of seeing the pokemon in the wild before you fight it i know it's more realistic or whatever but i didn't like it i like the thrill of being surprised by finding something rare that's i'm in a different camp i like seeing them so i know what to catch or what to avoid yeah that's, yeah but that's like you're, you're a dick <laughs> <laughs> well we only have to wait seven months until the new one or whatever it is so well, yeah, they're just be... they're just saying 2019. It'll probably be um, end of November is my bet. That's better. What what date do you think the new Pokemon game is going to come out? October 25th. I'm going to go November 23rd. Bring it on. Nice. Wonderful. Um, let's do. Give me my quiz. Okay. Welcome everybody to the Got Till Five quiz, where we decide who gets five free one. My guest at this time is a learned man from the county of Gloucestershire. He likes Pokemon, sodomizing women, oh. and drinking himself into a stupor. His name no. is Jesse Benz. Welcome, Jesse. Welcome. And um, why, why cap it at women? 
<laughs> I almost said boys and I didn't want to get you in trouble. <laughs> he likes sodomy. <laughs> he likes sodomy. There you go. I'll re-edit that in. Are you ready for these five questions? And this, so when you did my quiz, it was all themed around WrestleMania. We were very planned and we planned it around the episode. Your yeah. top five is all around debuts. Is it? Okay. This it is, is um, specific. Okay. It is. So, question number one. Remember, you can only get one wrong answer. Yeah, I know. I've, I invented these rules. <laughs> question number one. Number one. Undertaker's... Number one. Oh my god, you ruined it. Asian big boob. <laughs> Sorry, go on. This Number is why one. you'll never be on Pointless. <laughs> no, in, a test. Yeah. in a minute, Richard Mayer's got something to say. <laughs> you'll be joining in on that little banter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're so funny, Richard. I keep saying Richard because I can't remember the name of the other one. Um, Alexander. Alexander Armstrong, that's it. He's got the biggest ears in the world. He does. They're excessive. Honestly, as soon as you notice his ears, you can never watch Pointless again because it's all you stare at is his massive ears. He's like a human Dumbo. Sorry about that, listeners, for ruining yeah. uh, Pointless. But now you've got a better quiz to listen to. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, question number one. Number one. Big poop. <laughs> Un- <laughs> Un- <laughs> <laughs> the serious music player, man. Focus up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Question number one. And the- that was funny because I didn't do it (laughs) Undertaker's infamous on-screen debut came at the 1990 Survivor Series however what was his initial name his initial name yes Um, was his initial name Kane the Undertaker you are correct sir yeah get in one out of five start as you mean to go on yeah start you off easy start you off easy this is not good uh, was he was he called Kane the Undertaker on air? Yes, he was. And was for he? a couple That's of matches as well afterwards. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was just a sort of house show thing. I didn't realise I actually made it to telly. No, if you actually watch the raw footage of Survivor Series, they've kind of um, edited it now for the memories, but they say Kane the Undertaker. Oh, that was cool. Mm. Um, next question. Number two. Santino Morella won the IC title on his debut night in 2007 as right. participating as a member of the audience by defeating Umaga. But, which superstar intervened in that match to help make this happen? Oh, man. Um, you're vaping, aren't you? I can hear the crackling of your vape. No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I'm looking for the superstar who intervened to help win the IC title. So it must have been someone who was feuding with Umaga around 2008-ish, I guess that was. Um, it was 2007 to help you out. Okay, it doesn't. Um, oh, jeez, I really don't know. It's just going to have to be a guess. Um, John Cena. That is incorrect, my friend. It was Bobby Lashley. Oh, fuck it. I nearly said Bobby Lashley as well. But that, because of the Trump match, right? At Mania. Mm hmm. God damn it. Have you ever noticed that William Regal, when he introduces Umaga, he calls him Umanga? Umaga or something, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I don't Umanga. know if anyone's, like, pulled him aside backstage and he just ignored. <laughs> they must have done. Uh, William, it's, it's, it's Umaga? Umanga? No, no. Umaga. Umaga. Yeah, Umanga. That's what I'm saying. I think, um, I think he, he knew. I think he just did it as a rib. See how long you can get away with it for. 
Yeah. Okay. Longer than you might have actually lived. You, 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 that was. I always <laughs> let that, that slide, but that was harsh. Now, you stumbled at question two, which I don't think bodes well for the rest of the quiz. No, doesn't, does it? So, um, looks like I'm getting all three picks again this week. I mean, alright, don't count your chickens, mate. We haven't, um, done the questions yet. Alright, question number three. Three. When Brock Lesnar debuted in 2002, he interfered yes. in a triple threat match on Raw. Who were the competitors in that match? Oh, come on. Um. <sighs> You're an asshole. <laughs> This is like the um, the corn question from WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, but you got that because I helped you out. Cause I'm a bloody good bloke. Um, I, I I don't know. 2002 triple threat match that he interfered in. Um, Jeff Hardy. That's one person you've mentioned. Oh, he is in it. Okay, no, he's not in it. But I just want to. Oh, brilliant. Okay. Um, Spike Dudley. Correct. I'm just trying to think of footage that I've seen of him in his early days, like, fucking people up. I can say, it was famous footage for, from his debut. Yeah, the Spike Dudley bit was, but not anyone else in it. Um, if you're a true wrestling fan, it would be. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I can't believe I've fucked this up already. Um, Spike Dudley... Who would he have been wrestling? Um, fucking hell, I've no idea. Uh, Matt Hardy. I'm afraid not, my friend. Damn it. Um, just tell me. Spike Dudley, yeah. Al Snow and Maven in a hardcore match. Obviously. Obviously. So you've lost a right, but we're going to continue with the quiz anyway. Just to say face. Just, just to say bragging rights. Yeah. yeah. I want to see if you get all of them wrong. Stupid question. <laughs> Prove you the real <laughs> quiz master is. Um, John Cena famously debuted against Kurt Angle in 2002. But what was John Cena's first movie debut? His first I, movie debut. I've said this to you many times. You've said this to me many times? Yep, it's one of my favourite movies. Oh, um, Ready to Rumble. Correct, sir. Yes. You wouldn't have Thank got you. that in the hope of how, would he you? He was... Yes, I would. He's uh, he's in the gym in the background, isn't he? He is. He's behind yeah, Goldberg. See? See? I know things. Yep, that was in 2000, so two years before he made his main roster debut. When he was still um, the prototype. Correct. A Terminator gimmick, which... I wish he had kept. It was awesome. Yeah, it was. The final question. For all the marbles. Not really. No. Who was the first WCW superstar to ever invade the WF programming in 2001 to kick off the invasion storyline? The first ever. The first WCW superstar to invade Raw in 2001 and it kicked off the invasion storyline. Um... Uh, Diamond Dallas Page. Incorrect. God damn it! Who was it? It was Lance Storm. Well, that's that's why that's why it was such a draw. Obviously, <laughs> he came in, super kicked, and uh, gave Steve Blackman and Trish Stratus the win in a mixed tag match. Of course, Perry Saturn ate the super kick. Nice. Of course he did. Um, he's he's like he's one of life's jobbers, isn't he? Like even beyond wrestling, he just <laughs> everything he does. Um, uh, good questions, well done, you're a dick But um, uh, What was I going to say that was interesting about that um, Oh, uh, Diamond Dallas Page When he came into WWF, you know he was the masked Stalker or Undertaker's wife The rapist, yeah Yeah, the rapist And um, 
you know, um, all the promos of the mystery man before it was revealed to be DDP was like a, a voice changer, like the um, calls were being um, shown on telly. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. it was like, oh, I could see your wife Undertaker. Like when you um, when you listen to them back, it's Vince McMahon that's recorded them. So he's d- done that voiceover, and as soon as you know that, it's all you can hear. Even with the voice change, it's so clearly Vince. Do you know what I mean? It's um, it's just funny. And the, the fact it was all revealed to be DDP, and it was like that is the most Vince McMahon voice in the world. He probably like did that in real life, stalk Sarah Undertaker. I presume that's her last name, and uh, <laughs> they just yeah rolled with it. Yeah, Undertaker was like Vince. You've been leaving these creepy messages for my wife. Not okay, but let's make an angle out of it. <laughs> let's do something out of it, yeah. I don't want him to go to waste. Yeah, typical Carney logic. Let, let's do it. <laughs> well, there we go. Um, so that was, what, two out of five I got? So one less than you, but that's because your questions think, were worse I, than mine. I think my questions were fantastic. Um, yeah, you, yeah, you were awful at that. Shut up. I so nearly got Bobby Lashley as well, and I, I don't know why I switched to Cena. <sighs> Next time. Next, Next time. time, mate. Every, everyone's entitled to a false start, I think. Yeah, it's and true. Then, um, it's true. Yeah, I'll be I'll be back with a vengeance. You've done me proud, son. But now we get to move on to the top five debuts in wrestling, and I get the tr- the pleasure of doing five, three, and one, and I am going to steal all of Jesse's. Well, yeah, let's do a <laughs> drop. <laughs> five, four, three, two, one. Are you ready? Oh, hell yeah. You fans can stick it, brother. Who's your daddy, Montreal? Tell me he didn't just say that. There was. There was the drop. Um, who's dead now in our drop? Um, is it just Gene? Mean just, Gene. Just Gene. We're, just um, Gene. We've got Hogan in there, Sean, Booker, and Rick. Who's going to be the next death who's featured in our drop? It's got to be Rick. You reckon Rick? Rick Flair drip um, dead on the drop. <laughs> for sure. I watched for the first time the other day the table for three with Rick Flair, Kurt Angle, and Sting, and it's it's brilliant. It's so good. Like, Ric Flair has just turned into one of those old men that just talks and talks and tells stories with no context at all. Like, <laughs> like he suddenly started going on about um, Bruiser Brody and wrestling Bruiser Brody. Like, Kurt Angle doesn't know what a Bruiser Brody is. And <laughs> I don't think Sting was 100%, <laughs> to be honest with you. But there was no... Bruiser Brody wasn't even, like, part of any conversation. He just started talking about wrestling him in the 80s. It was like this is what? Where's that come from? It's really weird. <laughs> and then they were talking about Ric Flair's coma that he was in, and uh, Rick said, "Yeah, when I woke up, he was like, I got 172 text messages." And it was like that's really cute that he um, counted them all. <laughs> oh, bless him. Yeah, I like Only 172 that. though. Like, I like it. Yeah, that's not not when you're Ric Flair. You'd sort of be disappointed with that. I think I like the way he um, giggles at everything. Yeah, ever says as well. That's one oh, of my yeah. favourite things about Rick. <laughs> He's like, yeah. So then I went to Bruiser Brody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rick kind of had a like 
It's a Wonderful Life moment because he practically died and then there was just this outpouring of how much everyone loved Ric Flair and then he came back to life again and got to see how much everyone appreciated him and he could see what it's going to be like when he actually does die. It was like when people um, say, I don't believe in fairies and a fairy dies, but then you clap, right, to bring him back to life. You just have to clap lots. Didn't know uh, that that's basically... That's ba- yeah, that's the thing, man. Um, that's basically what everyone did um, for Ric Flair. That's the thing. Don't you remember in Hook? Um, when oh, right, yeah. Is, I don't I, I forget fairies, then Julia Roberts, when she's in the dollhouse and falls over. I forget that's and, canon for you in real life. What, Hook? Hook is canon, man. It's... Um, oh, yeah, you made me sick. <laughs> Hey, I read a really good book um, called Lost Boy. Did I tell you about this book? You did um, not educate me. It's, it's a... Um, so there's this author, um, can't remember her name. She's done an Alice in Wonderland as well. She basically takes like stories like that and makes them dark. But Lost Boy is a prequel to Peter Pan that she's written of um, Captain Hook. Um, Captain Hook was a Lost Boy in this book. And Peter Pan was a right cunt, right? So Peter Pan was horrible and being a real dick... And that's what led Captain Hook to leave the Lost Boys and grow up and become a pirate. And that's a really cool, like, unofficial origin story. But it's a really good book. I recommend it. I kind of like that because it would understand why he hates um, yeah. Peter so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, like, the, the way it's written is, like, it's first person from Captain Hook. And Captain Hook is the good guy and Peter Pan is an absolute dick. Like, evil. Nice. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's really, really good. I will check that out. Thank you for your recommendation. We'll get um we'll get OJMO back on and he can narrate it. Yes, oh, that'd be it. awesome. It'd be so peaceful. <laughs> he still sends me messages every now and again, being like, "I still haven't hit that cutter or whatever we talked about in the episode." The oh yeah, the Osaka cutter. Street cutter. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna get a message on it. I die trying it. I'm just, <laughs> Everyone, everyone's on. everyone's dead. <laughs> uh, let's talk about wrestlers who debut, made an impact, and of. Oh, as we always remind you lot, this is ones that we enjoyed and our personal favourites, not like the big ones, but there are some big ones in here. And I have quite a few honourable mentions. You sound very jaded today, mate. I am a little bit. I'm very tired. <laughs> I feel like, fucking uh, sick of this. As usual, as usual, it's our favourites, so shut the fuck up! I'm sick of getting messages from people being like, why didn't you include this or why didn't you do this? It's like, it's, it's my opinion, bitch. <laughs> because your mum. <laughs> Isn't my go-to response to them, in all honesty. Um, but I do have quite a few like honourable mentions to, to quickly discuss afterwards. I haven't put these in any order, and I was kind of hoping you were going to win that quiz so I could um, have more time to think about this. But uh, let's get on with it. Yeah, I failed it on purpose, just to mind you. <laughs> so, <laughs> prepared. Prepared. Uh, my number five would have to be the debut of... AJ Styles. Ah, excellent choice. In WWE, Royal Rumble. Now, the match doesn't really matter because we're, we're going to do another top five on that later of top five debut matches. But the anticipation and the, the brilliance of AJ Styles' debut, I still get chills when I watch it. It's brilliant, even with that terrible, terrible camera work where it's just focused on Roman's face forever. <laughs> the while the going music's on? on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is brilliant, and I and it was genuinely like. Obviously, it was um, rumored that AJ Styles was coming to WWE, but it wasn't in any way confirmed, was it? So it was really well, really well done. Yeah, no, I think it was like leading up. It was almost a full blown conclusion. Finn Balor kept doing like teasers on Instagram, but with, with AJ and wrestling, you just never knew what was coming. Really, um, so 
when his music hit and you didn't know what his music was and there's a better YouTube version where they cut and edited to actually show the crowd instead of Roman's stupid face okay and uh, it's great because on the screen it just goes I am and then Phenomenal comes up and a pop because I'm a sucker for a good wrestling pop oh god yeah like just anything will be elevated two stars for me purely based on a good pop Yes, definitely. Do you remember one of my favourites is, uh, this is a return, not a debut, so it won't be on the list, uh, Chris Jericho, when he came back in 2007, the Save Us Y2J stuff? Yes. That was rad. Like, that pop was amazing. When it, um, when all the code was, like, flying around and then it just turns into Y2J and everyone goes mental. And it was such an easy code when you really think about it, but, you yeah, know, yeah, wrestling fans are stupid. I, 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 <laughs> I was shocked. I was shook. Bad was shook. Yeah, man. I loved it. But yeah, AJ Styles' music hit. He phenomenal. He comes out. He does a little hair flip, looking great with the mum haircut and the beard. Yeah, he had uh, his hair was uh, actually relatively short back then, wasn't like it? It was like, cut, but it, it's, yeah, uh, but yeah, long it did. Now. It looked good. I, I always associate that look with um, him in Japan, like that sort of mid mid hair. And it is a bit too long now. It's a bit of a main although i saw an interview with him and he said um he said he's never had a single woman criticize his hair and the second he does he'll cut it <laughs> so it's only ever been men um, that's good and yeah it was just absolutely beautiful and oh, that reaction i just if, if no one's ever seen it if you're like a casual fan listening just go and watch it. it's so amazing royal rumble 2017 16. 16 that was it 2016 we've only had aj for three years but he's seemed like a 10-year staple yeah, he's become like an immediate veteran, isn't he? Yeah, and there's always that rumour that apparently Vince didn't want AJ and he was going to be a mid-carder and changed his mind based on that pop. And yeah, maybe there's some truth to that. Who knows? But I I could see why you would change your mind based on that reaction. I don't... Yeah, I, I don't know if that would be a true story, though, because if you were Vince McMahon and you had that attitude to AJ Styles, you wouldn't put him in, like, number three in the Royal Rumble as the only debut and you know debut not debuting on NXT debuting on the main roster at yeah. a pay-per-view in a Raw you wouldn't do that if no, you were exactly. planning to put stock in him and I think it was a great debut because it was so early on like normally when they do surprise debuts you're looking around your 27s your 30s and I feel like everyone had expectation of AJ showing up in that match but they were ready to get hyped around about 27 to 30 and that's when the chance would have started but for him to come out at number three I think just threw everyone off yeah, it was brilliant, especially because Roman was number one. I think Rusev was number two that year, I think, or someone. Yeah. And um, Roman just immediately throws number two out of the ring. Um, I mean, Rusev, not his excrement. And um, <laughs> just like immediately throws him out. And it's like, oh, okay, so we're going to just get through the first five or six like that, are we? But then obviously we didn't. It was great. Yeah, and then Kevin Owens comes out and uh, eliminates AJ, which was like, the perfect person to eliminate AJ. Yes, he's the um, only person that could eliminate AJ and not like hurt his own um, overness. No, it, it benefited him to no end. And also, quickly talking about the current product, um, having Kevin Owens as the super hot baby face and Sami Zayn as this ultimate heel, I don't know what's going on with the world. It's weird, it. isn't it? I kind of dig it. Yeah, I like it. Um, the yeah, promo cool. he cut in Montreal on Monday was just absolutely fantastic. I, I Owens or Zane? Zane. Zane <laughs> came out and he was all like dancing and like getting the crowd into it. And then he was just like, I don't like Montreal. <laughs> I don't like the people. Like, this is where I'm from, but I don't like the people. Oh, it's just beautiful. Really good. Well, show. apparently he's been, um, he's ever since he's, he's been healed because he genuinely gets on everyone's nerves backstage like or like Vince McMahon and everyone is like 
let's just just be you out there it's <laughs> like you're really getting on our tits and so it'll really get on the audience's tits so just do it so that's what that's all he's been doing that's what he was doing with kevin owens as well when he's been coming out doing like the stupid legs <laughs> and like completely over the top dancing and stuff like that's that's just him when well, it just annoys everyone that's wrestling characters isn't it dial, dial yourself up to 11 so yeah it's brilliant i love it so you, you know sammy zayn's always been one of my favorites and i've got a massive portion for heel so this is just i'm i'm in i'm cloud nine right now <laughs> pure heaven yeah <laughs> uh so aj styles number five for me what a moment what a moment that was nice. Um, it was a nice moment. Um, didn't even pop in my head. It is a great one. Didn't even occur to me, ridiculously. Um, my number five, not my number five, my number four, because that's how we do things nowadays, um, is um, a man we were just talking about. It's Kevin Owens. Ooh. So you can sort of talk... This is weird. Like We have to be clear with what we mean by debut, because there's an NXT debut with Kevin Owens and there's a WWE debut, like his main roster debut, right? I don't know if you would count the main roster debut because NXT is under the umbrella of WE, but both are awesome anyway. Yeah, I was going to say both are fantastic and solidified his character in both instances. Yeah, exactly. So I'm happy to talk about either. So like the NXT one, he comes out as a hot baby. I fucking love it. It's the opening of NXT Our Evolution, the first match. It's him and CJ Parker. Juice. Um, who later became Juice Robertson, yeah. Um, and uh, I love that CJ Parker character as well. I know um, he wasn't mad on it, but I thought it was really cool, just like being a heel eco-warrior. Uh, well, it's kind of what Daniel Bryan's done. I was going to say, it's what Daniel Bryan's done, but more yeah. successfully now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so Kevin Owens opens the show, and his music that we all know so well now starts, but there's no reaction from the crowd at all because they've never heard that music before, so they've no idea what's happening. So it's just that riff and everyone's quiet. But it's not until the name appears on the screen that that pop happens. And it's like, oh, that's cool. Like, you just never see that in wrestling, do you? Because everyone just knows music. So everyone pops straight away. I love that it was like four bars into the tune before anyone even reacted. Um, He had a great quick match. Sorry, gone. I was going to say, that's what I loved about that run of NXT. Because that's when, before they started signing indie darlings left, right and centre, you had the... The NXT 5 of Kevin Owens, uh, Hideo Itami, Finn Balor, and those three, for ex- like perfect example, especially Finn Balor when it came out, Prince Devitt came up and everyone lost their shit and it changed yeah, to yeah. Finn Balor. Same for Hideo Itami. Uh, it was just, yeah, those three, amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. So uh, Kevin Owens has a great babyface match with CJ Parker. Um, nice quick match. Breaks his nose in like his first ever like, sell job in WWE, legitimately breaks his nose. Um, uh, yeah, it was a great match. And then Sami Zayn goes on that same night to win the NXT title from Adrian Neville in um, one of my favourite matches of all time. Uh, the whole roster comes out, celebrates. Kevin Owens comes out. Everyone knows that Generico and Steen have been like mates, whatever, forever. Have a great emotional hug. Then Owens turns heel that same night of his debut by fucking up Sami Zayn, which is just beautiful. It's and brilliant. One of the best, because they're walking up the ramp and Kevin Owens has got his arm around him. He's like, oh, I fucking love you, man. And then he just pulls him backwards. And the way the NXT title stays like perfectly flat and flips <laughs> yeah. up in the air, it's just brilliant. It's but Yeah, one of those beautiful accidental things. Um, it's great. And then if we want to quickly talk about his WE debut as well, his main roster I did. debut, I did. Um, it was when John Cena was doing his US Open Challenges. Um, Owens comes out as one of the Open Challenges. As NXT um, champion. 
as NXT champion, yeah, and um, has just beats down John Cena in very much the same way. Um, I love that um, the added coolness of that is that um, Owens's son is a massive John Cena fan, so he um, got his wife to record his kid watching Raw, right? And they kept it a secret yeah. that he was wrestling John Cena. He was like, just record my kid. Um, because my music's going to hit against John Cena. And it was that's just a really sweet video as well, which adds to the coolness of the debut. Um, and, yeah, went on to um, whatever pay-per-view it was when Owens and Cena had a match together, and it was incredible. It was a really, really good match. And, again, we'll do top five debut matches another day, but um, that was awesome. And Owens beat him. To everyone's, like, and Owens everyone beat him. was convinced that the NXT champion, like, the top draw, like... No one realizes who wasn't watching at the time how red hot Kevin Owens was in NXT. He yeah. was um, he had like six feuds going at once. Yeah, which was funny about that Royal Rumble that AJ Styles debuted. It was like everyone that came out had beef with Owens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. like every time someone comes out, Kevin's like, oh, for fuck's sake, <laughs> another one. Yeah, he had on the go at that time. It was John Cena, Finn Balor, uh, Samoa Joe, Finn, and, and Alex Riley. All and Sami Zayn obviously are like all beef with him. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and then, yeah, Kevin Owens actually ended up beating John Cena in his debut pay-per-view match, which was just unheard of, really. Do you know what else I love about that match? Um, they don't leave the ring once. It, it all stays in the ring, that match, and it never stops being entertaining. I've realised the older I get, I don't like it when wrestlers leave the ring anymore. <laughs> I want matches to just stay in the ring. Every time they leave the ring, I'm like, oh, it's going to take ages for them to get back here. We're going to have a count, you know, all the way up to nine before they get back here. It's going to take a long time. I just like, I just want my action to stay in the ring. I'm a purist. You really have it. It's too bright for you. The women's hair is too colourful. They need to stay too in the ring. Too colourful and too long, yeah. Just, I, I just don't know what to do with you anymore. It is, I know, yeah. I just need to watch grainy old um, Smoky Mountain is where I'm at. <laughs> this is the safe zone. Just do an arm drag, Bob. <laughs> oh, look at the arm drag. Pop, pop for a drop kick. I miss popping for a drop kick. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, you, I mean, you still pop for a drop kick. Like, you would still pop for, like, Randy Orton's drop kicks, wouldn't you? Because they were beautiful. And Okada's as well. Oh, Okada all the way. Does Randy drop kick much anymore? No, not not his age, dear. But um, he, I'm <laughs> he doesn't know what his age. He said no. He certainly used to though. It, I can't yeah. remember. We, we were talking about it, weren't we? How I've always tried to put my finger on why I love Randy Orton so much because I've always loved Randy Orton and I could never quite work out why. And I've realised it's because he's an absolute prick, and that's why I love him. And he just completely demeans everyone else's amazing achievements, like things that mean so much to other wrestlers like winning titles or rumbles or doing anything he just casually does them and doesn't give a shit and just moves on with his life and i love that he just he makes wrestling look stupid by how little he cares about stuff (laughs) this says a lot about a lot of your favorite wrestlers are the ones who really like break everything about wrestling yeah like you sort of think you know how much someone like chris benoit winning um the title at WrestleMania, how emotional he was. And then, like, a couple of months later, Orton just beats him clean at SummerSlam and just 
moves on, doesn't even have a sort of feud with Chris Benoit after it, just carries on with his life. He really does like the whole rematch angle. Like, it it was never kind of a style. It was just like, yeah, yeah, we'll move on from this. It's it's fine. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And and I like with Randy, it's so much to the point of we know how much he doesn't care, to the point of when we noticed him wearing armbands, that the fact of him putting on armbands means he actually gave a shit, that he put the extra two minutes in to put on some armbands to wrestle in that match. Went, oh, he's invested. It's like, oh, we might be seeing an elbow drop. He's got a Like, I saw him at WrestleMania, and the, the, the thing we were watching Randy for so long is that the minute he came out of WrestleMania this year to face AJ, I could see in his eyes, nah, he doesn't give a shit about this. He's, yeah, no, exactly. And the match proved that. AJ Styles seems randomly, seems really proud of that match. Like, you look at him on Twitter and stuff, he was stoked with how his match with Randy went. Yeah, I found that match so average. And just, yeah, I mean, it was it was okay. Yeah, but, but it, was it was just meh. It was a SmackDown yeah, match for me. They could have wrestled that on SmackDown, and I would have had the same memories of it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Very weird. Maybe it was because it was in the middle of a very long show. If we watched it cold now, not sandwiched into a stupid amount of wrestling, we might enjoy it more. I do need to go back and watch some of those matches purely based on that fact. But uh, mm. that, that's a story for another day, my friend. Oh, there if you, you want to hear our top five on uh, the WrestleMania that's just been, go on to Dow Podcast because we were just guests on there to talk about the top five moments of WrestleMania 35. Oh, yeah, that was good. Go listen. Thanks. Bye. No, don't buy. Stay there. <laughs> oh, God, don't leave. Um, so, don't buy. Don't buy. So, my, <laughs> my number three, or the number three, I should say, um, is a moment that I've been waiting for a very, very long time in my life and didn't amount to much, but it made me very happy when I was watching it. Sting arrived in the WWE. Uh, yes, that was an awesome debut. Incredible. And that was, again, completely unexpected um, to, to me anyway. I think that was around the time... I wasn't really in... I was slowly getting back into wrestling around that time. Mm-hmm. So um, I wasn't, like, reading the sheets online or anything like that. So I had no idea that that was even on the cards, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it was around Survivor Series. It was the... Team Cena versus Team Authority. If Team Cena won, then the Authority had to go away. If Team Cena lost, then they got fired. Shenanigans happened with Triple H getting involved, as he does. And he tried to screw them over and invite... I can't remember what happened exactly. I'm not an encyclopedia, people, but I am. <laughs> so I, was having this com- I was having this conversation today with like someone at work, and he was like, oh, what are you doing? So I was like, oh, I'm doing, doing the podcast kind of thing. And um, it, it's on this, and he's like, oh, you better have Brock Lesnar in there. And I was just like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we were talking about stuff. And he was like, what was, like, Brock Lesnar's first match? And I just rattled off his, like, first two, his pay-per-view match, his whole, like... <laughs> and he was just looking at me like, what? I want to go it's home. Sa- it's I sad. Thank God, thank God we've got each other. I know, right? No one understands yeah. me like you. Oh, no, no one understands me. <laughs> but anyway, so Triple H does shenanigans, and he's going to cost Dolph Ziggler, who is just murdered in the ring and drags a limpless human being over the top of him, and then the crow music hits, and it's best to kind of... Ah! Exactly, good crow impression. Just ignore Thanks. Michael Cole's commentary for this. It kind of oh, is that what moment. he says? Stinger is here! The Stinger's here! God, that... <laughs> Have you heard Michael Cole's commentary when... Um, I think it was on a Raw, on the Raw just before his match with Seth, actually, um, when um, Sting hits um, his reverse DDT... And Michael Cole just freaks the fuck out. And he clearly sort of can't remember what it's called. And he's like, Sting! Sting! Scorp! Scorpion Sting! Sting! Skinger! <laughs> I just can't... And just it goes mad. It's brilliant. 
There's a little stroke bless him. He does get there. I feel like he's secretly a massive sting mark, and, and I forgive him for that. Yeah, for I also time. liked it when he once called Sasha Banks Sasha Gray. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Michael, the trouble you'll get into. <laughs> it's boss time. Um, but yeah, like... Anyone who listens to this podcast or knows me personally knows how much of a huge Sting fan I am. He's he's my everything. I want to buy real estate from him one day. That is he my life is, goal. Yeah, re- real estate Steve, real is, estate the, Steve. Um, is the WWE 2K attire I'm still waiting for. Sort your shit out. Deliver D. Malenko and real estate Steve. That's all I want. He comes out with um, a for sale board uh, instead yeah, of a baseball the- bat. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, say that's amazing. With it over his shoulder, the same way. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. Um, yeah, that would be good. Um, I still picture him like whenever I think of him showing people around houses, selling houses. He's still got the face paint on. <laughs> he's in a suit. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. This is... <laughs> but like he meets them at the house. He meets he meets Charles and Brenda Jones outside. Yeah, he's, and he he's, on, he's on the roof. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "Welcome to this, this five bedroom home." And uh, so it's a three bedroom, semi detached, lovely neighborhood, great for kids. And he goes, I'm "Just gonna pop to the bathroom for a sec." And he pops to the bathroom, puts on his makeup, and they're like, "He's been gone a long time." <laughs> <laughs> he comes out with his iPhone, music playing out at the bottom of it, and stands there with a contract. And they're just like, "I like the idea." What? I, I like the idea of him just like waiting in the attic, like in the rafters for them every time. <laughs> just wait. He's like, "Yeah, so um, this is a lovely big house, as you can see. The living room's big, nice and roomy and echoey." Ah! <laughs> see. <laughs> Oh, real estate, Steve. You've brought us so much joy. I love real estate, Steve. So many real estates. This is still a top five we need to do. Top I don't know, five. And it's going to happen. Real I estate that, wrestlers. If anyone's listened to this podcast from the beginning, there's so many episodes where we have chronicled the life of real estate, Steve. Of just like different day to day interactions of real estate, Steve. Oh, brings me so much joy. Oh, my cheeks okay. hurt. But. <laughs> Sting was fantastic. Like, just uh, I never thought I would actually see him in WWE, and when he actually came out, it was just such a disconnect to kind of see him there, especially after so many years, obviously, because he's was he like the last WCW person to debut? Uh, yeah, he's he's the, he's the one that got away, so to speak. You know, for forever he was. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's other people. I mean, technically um, AJ, but like people who matter is well, yeah, no, like, yeah, proper proper stars. He was the only main event level talent that WWE never got. Yeah, exactly. And then he came out, him and Triple H had the stare down, which was amazing. And it was like immediately, okay, this is happening at WrestleMania. Fantastic. And then he kicks Triple H in the stomach and Triple H sold it like he'd been stabbed in the stomach. He didn't move for a very long time. And then he got him in there. Yeah, it was great. Fair play to to him, actually. He made Steve look like a million bucks. Oh, he did. He was like, I'm going to make him look great. But come WrestleMania... Do you remember? Do you remember when Sting came back after all that, and it led up to his match with Seth Rollins for the WWE title, which ultimately retired him. Yeah. Um, uh, but do you remember when he came back and they were going to um, unveil a statue of Vince yes. McMahon or something? Oh no, it wasn't oh, Vince Seth McMahon. Rollins. It was, a statue. So it was Seth Rollins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of Vince though because it was Vince McMahon's birthday that day. So, so they've got they got this unveiling of the Seth Rollins statue. So they've got this massive box in the middle of the ring. Sting is actually in there. That's the big reveal. So he's, this is another, like, you know, we talk about how Vince always has to, like, 
get over on WCW people and like abandons them when they come backstage after WrestleMania and stuff. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so Sting is in this box and then Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, whilst introducing this statue, take it upon themselves to sing a happy birthday to Vince. Yes. Like, and, and they're like, oh, Vince will hate this. Like, he hates... And it's like, I guarantee you they just did that to fuck with Sting because they oh, knew God, that yeah. he was standing in that box. And then when it comes up, the big reveal, Sting's standing there and he looks fucking livid and he's all, like, sweaty and his paint's, like, a little bit... Um, his hair's a little frizzed bit. as paint yeah, exactly, because he's just been... He's been in there for hours listening to them sing Happy Birthday. It was, like, like, a 15-minute segment before they revealed it. <laughs> yeah. I would have loved to have, like, a GoPro in there told just him. looking at his face, like, the minute they say, oh, for fuck's sake just like, yeah exactly oh, brilliant love it <laughs> just so they just subtly dug at sting i don't really call him steve though they just <laughs> subtly dug at sting like every time he appeared on um, wwe television that was his whole run and it made me sad but god i was happy to see him yeah i enjoyed so, his hall of fame speech sting had a good hall of fame speech he did he did he's, he's a well articulated man is that sting he is. I liked. I liked it because he. Um, a very unpopular opinion. You know this about me. I prefer surfacing. You do, and I. I have no qualms with surfacing. But uh, for for me as a childhood boy, cool. <laughs> childhood the, boy. The things the crow did to me. <laughs> well, I thought. Yeah, I'd like to surface. I understand that. Like that wouldn't have lasted forever. Fans would have turned on that eventually because it was too babyface. Um, but. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm a big fan of um, Surface Sting. I've got a Surface Sting t-shirt. I've worn that for a while. I might wear it tomorrow. Please do. I've got to plan my outfits for you. What would you excite me? Oh, it's not Clash. Uh, okay. What are you wearing today? What t-shirt are you wearing? I'm not wearing a t-shirt. I'm wearing a shirt and trousers. Oh, do you have to dress all posh for work? Not really, but I like to. Separates me from <laughs> the peons. Yeah, nice. Um, you sounded like um, Lionel Hutz though. So I'm not. Uh, so don't, are you wearing a t-shirt? I'm not wearing a t-shirt at all. Uh, I'm wearing a Power Rangers t-shirt. Nice. How is it being 29? <laughs> it's good. Power Rangers t-shirt, and uh, I was wearing a Rey Mysterio hoodie today as well. So all my all my masked childhood heroes. I like your Rey Mysterio hoodie. It's nice, isn't it? The fucking um, stitching is coming apart at the arm, though. I thought, this, this is a suplex Rey Mysterio hoodie. Um, so fucking sort your act out, suplex. Joel, you dick. <laughs> Have a word. Yeah. <sighs> What's your number two? Oh, speaking of hoodies, I've always been very jealous of yours and Aaron's um, New Japan workout hoodies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're nice, aren't they? Really want one. Uh, yeah, I haven't worn that for a while, actually. I might wear that um, tomorrow as well. There we go. Um, well, welcome to this edition of Dressing Jesse. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll post a picture so you can see the outfit he did decide on. <laughs> Dressy Jesse. Dressy Jesse. Uh, there we go. Um, yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, I like I like those hoodies, too. Um, although the zip's the wrong way. The zip's on the ladies' side. There's a ladies' side for zips? There's a ladies' side for buttons, so I assume that it's the same for zips. Ah, I'm not going to ask how you I, know I, that. I, didn't you know that? The, the girls' shirts button up the other I, way. I do. I used to work in a women's clothing store, so I, I fundled many well, a hours in my day. Well, um, hashtag me too. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, so I assume it's the same as Zips, so, but I don't know if it's a Japanese thing. Maybe it's a Japanese thing. May, maybe. Japanesey. Um, anyway, uh, my number two is... <laughs> It ain't easy being Japanesey. Um, my <laughs> left two... over, carried on. <laughs> my number two is um, none other 
than the big red machine himself, Kane. Ooh. Ooh. So Kane debuted. <laughs> it's Kane. Oh, no. um, <laughs> I love doing Paul Bearer's voice. It makes me really happy. Mm. Um, so Kane debuted um, the same day that Brian Pillman died, which I quite like because it's all like brimstone and evil. Um, and it was the Hell in a Cell between Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. And it's awesome that it happened to be a five-star fucking classic that Kane came out at the end of, right? Like, if it had been a stinker, maybe Kane wouldn't have got over in the same way. True. But he came out and it was just like, oh my God, we just witnessed this incredible match. Oh shit, and now this is happening as well. After Kane had been talked about by Paul Bearer for a good, like, two months before he debuted. He was just talking about this brother who had been burned and all this shit. And the fact that he, when he finally came out and, like, Glenn Jacobs was built like a brick shit house back then, son. Oh, like God, he was yeah. beefy, and and he had that really cool attire where he had um, one arm out and one arm in. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> he did the hokey he had pokey. One he turned around. He turned around, <laughs> um, and he had the um, full mask, uh, full face mask, and just you know seven foot to imposing dude. Well, like six foot ten with heels, platforms, and um, just no, just sounds like a great drag show. <laughs> uh, proper imposing dude just awesome what a debut and what a build up uh, like they would rush that in like a fortnight nowadays if they were building up a, a, re- a like long lost relative of one of their main event stars oh they? yeah but we get it yeah we get a really nice slow build up Paul Bearer did an absolutely amazing job of putting Kane over before he was even a thing just by talking about him in the ring um, just incredible I think it was amazing and he um uh, I like the way he um, came into the cell as well. The way he ripped the door off. Ripped the door off and did the and the fire um, doing you know his thing. That's obviously his thing now. When he stands in the middle of the ring, raises his arms and the fire goes off. But the first time, imagine being there like and never having seen that before. Oh, that's okay. awesome. Yeah, yeah. The first time is amazing. Oh, Kane, we love you so. Yeah, he, I just I can never get over how massive he was. I always uh, reference the two thousand one Royal Rumble. That's when yes. he was like peak jackness. Yes, he was. Yeah, he was insanely ripped. Um, yeah, so yeah, he's um, good man, Glenn Jacobs. He seems like a nice dude. He's been in the business a long time and um, deserves all the success that he's ever had. Deserves more success, I think, because Kane is a very important part of our age of wrestling fans' childhoods. I think, and he's never had that massive main event run on top, really. No, and he never will now, unfortunately, which is a bit of a shame. But uh, no, I think he, run, I, he runs. Uh, he runs Knoxville. Well, he still comes back every now and again. Imagine yeah, having mad. like your local elective. Like I don't know who is the MP of Cheltenham anymore. It was Martin Horde when I was there. Imagine Martin Horde Alex showing Chalk, up. No. Alex. Oh, yeah. Don't know how I feel about Alex Chalk. Alex Chalk, uh, a friend of mine, um, Ollie, Ollie, in fact, um, who books at the Frog and Fiddle. Um, got a picture and put it on Facebook the other day of Alex Chalk um, cycling and running a red light that son of a bitch yeah so he's trying to sell it to the sun I believe (laughs) (laughs) well done Ollie good man good man good man Um, but yeah just imagine having your local MP or your local elected official just showing up pulling out of the bottom of a ring dressed as a demon from hell yep I made a right vote there That's (laughs) that's a good choice by me 
It is quite impressive, isn't it, that um, when wrestlers... Uh, there seems to be a big thing. Well, wrestling and politics is very similar. It's still like carny lies, right? Oh, yeah. And um, it's, that's why a lot of them do so well in it. But to actually convince ordinary people to vote for you is amazing. The well, I know Rand, didn't he? Yeah, and this is the thing I find fascinating about wrestlers who run. They normally take a, you know, step away from wrestling, like really distance themselves from it. And they're like, I'm just going to focus on my political career. I'm very serious. During, like, the run-up to the election, and even when he was elected mayor, he was still working on Raw as Kane in, like, yeah. a pretty high-profile feud. It was, like, between Brock Lesnar and stuff in the main event and stuff. Um, he was still working, and, yeah, it was just like, ah, I've still got time to go and speak to my constituents in the morning. Fuck it. I, I'm pre- fuck it. I'm pretty sure um, he was an elected mayor at the time that he wrestled... Um, in um, Shawn Michaels Triple H against Kane and Undertaker. Yeah, he in, was. Was it Saudi Arabia? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's an elected mayor at that point. That's ridiculous. <laughs> God love him for it. But yeah, Kane is uh, someone we've always appreciated. And uh, a top five we'll be doing in the future when we do a longer one is top five Kane matches because there's a lot to cover there. I would like that. He's, yeah, I think he's an underrated worker or, or was at a certain point of his career. Yeah, without a doubt. That brings us to number one favourite debut number one number one so there's there's some very important historical debuts which I want to talk about in my honourable mentions in a second but one of my favourite debuts and I think a lot of people will agree is the debut of Y2J Chris Jericho you know I I enjoyed it at the time it was awesome when it happened but I watch it back now and the rock makes him just look like an absolute dick like straight almost he, straight away he does shit on him but I feel like that was the perfect catalyst to kind of boost Chris Jericho's career when he had the stupid little top knot with the little bit poking up at the top and yeah this pouty face yeah I just thought it was brilliant to kind of show you who Chris Jericho was going to be and they obviously saw quite high stock in him to have him have this massive build up to the Y2K um, millennium bug that was happening and then turn that into Y2J and then to put him to promo against a rock is unbelievable in 99, 2000 to be like, yeah, yeah. come in and then you're going to go up against promo against a rock. Because I'm, I'm wondering if my memory is a bit hazy, but like from a WCW standpoint, yes, he was like good on the mic, but that's not what I remember him for in WCW. Like the the stuff with Dean Malenko is is obviously fantastic, but I would never remember him as the mic guy in WCW. No, I mean he had a very underrated feud with Goldberg actually in WCW um, that really showed off like that Jericho can be an entertaining, funny heel, um, and I think that he actually says that was a catalyst for him leaving. Um, him leaving WCW because he'd had, he'd had this great feud with Goldberg where he'd done some incredible promos and stuff and they were like okay so you're gonna have your match with Goldberg and he's gonna run you over in 30 seconds like he does everyone else and it was like well no like I've been building this up for a while we can actually make something out of this and they were like no he's just gonna squash you like he does everyone else and it was, so it was all for nothing you know so that was one of the big reasons he left but yeah it, yeah, it really showed off his um, abilities away from wrestling all the other stuff that's important in wrestling that isn't wrestling yeah completely and it started the career of arguably one of the best wrestlers entertainers whatever you want to call them of all time in Chris Jericho I think he's gone off the rails a bit I, so, um, no, I like used we... to listen to his podcast a lot 
Um, and I, I haven't for a while, but I tuned in. I thought uh, it was just before WrestleMania, actually. And I thought, oh, I'm going to let's go around some like proper wrestlers pro- podcasts and see if they've done, you know, their thoughts on WrestleMania to see what they think. And uh, it got to Jericho's and it was like last time I listened to it, he was having like all these big interviews and he's doing his DDP um, adverts and all that shit. And I listened to it and he's just doing he's like drunk doing a podcast with um, some British roadie, some British fuzzy roadie on um, Skype. And he's talking and he's like, yeah, WE won't let me have WE guests anymore, man. And he's like, I'm banned. <laughs> he's like, I can't go to WE anymore. And it's, it was just really weird. It was like this really weird, like low budget sounding podcast. It was like, this is fucking talk is Jericho. This is supposed to be a hot podcast. Yeah, I, I feel like we're reaching peak Jericho is on that turn of becoming just absolutely insane, like pure mental. <laughs> I feel like when he de- debuted in New Japan, we all fed his ego a little bit too much, and everyone fed his ego a little bit too much, where he was like this this god of wrestling that can do no wrong, and like the debuts and stuff were absolutely incredible. And then when this AEW stuff happened, and he was this big star, and he's been brought in as like the Hogan of this era, that's had a kind of treating him, and it's yeah. gone to his head. And he's on a proper downward spiral, and I can't wait to see the bottom. He's sticking with the um, it's not a phase, mom, uh, makeup as well, isn't he? He is dedicated to that. <laughs> I love hot topic. I can fit in with the cool kids. Yeah, mom, dad said that you were going to take me to the mall. <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah, he's certifiably insane, and I feel like if AEW takes off and this is like one of the core reasons i want aew to succeed is just so we can have jericho go absolutely insane crazy chris he's the next rick flair i think as far as like he's going to be a crazy old man that won't be able to let go of wrestling and and to be fair we'll still be good at it i think rick flair was still a good wrestler until his final match you know i don't think he ever particularly lost it because he got the psychology so he could get away with it and i think jericho is exactly the same and he'll be like that and will be one of those people that will go completely mental when he retires like Rick did because there's just nothing else in his life. Yeah, completely. Um, everyone will leave him. He'll he'll be left alone with the t-shirt company and it, it's just going to be magnificent. Force one of his children to uh, become a wrestler just to uh, just so he can live vicariously through them. Yeah, and he'll cry whenever she wins anything of any meaning. <laughs> it was great. Oh, like what? mascara running down his face like my favourite porn films. <laughs> Evil. I was... Um, <laughs> I was watching the like behind the scenes of WrestleMania 35 and stuff, and they just did one shot of Ric Flair and Gorilla, and it was at Charlotte's entrance, fucking bawling. And I was bawling like, his eyes out. That's yeah. all I needed. I'm good. I can't wait what for the 24 now. Did Ric Flair have a appearance at WrestleMania? No. No. Am I dreaming it? He did something recently, didn't he? Did he come out on Raw or something? I'm sure. Or NXT? No. He something happened recently with Ric Flair maybe he came out in a roar I don't know I don't, I don't watch it that much anymore but but maybe he did yeah I, don't, I feel like I saw him very recently he did something he, oh he, no no he did he came out for Triple H Batista oh yes yeah he interfered and gave the yeah that camera. was it yeah, yeah 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 that's exactly what it was there we go I knew, I knew I'd said it recently that was a great finish to that match by the way it was a nice kind of tie up to it all yeah, it was good. Yeah, um, yeah uh, Batista, man, like what a dude having that sort of a sort of low key retirement match, um, going out on his back like he should. Just Batista's awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's um, 
he's a star in my eyes and it made me sad when everyone I was watching it with was just kind of shitting on that match and I was just like this is beautiful yeah I thought I thought it was lovely and yeah. big star doesn't have to do it you know he's um, love of the business he respects, he respects the it. business yeah and did, did it properly it's really nice you wouldn't get that from Randall Randy no Randy, Randy's going to um, the last time we ever see Randy on WWE television he's going to RKO every motherfucker in sight isn't he and just go out like raising his arms up and then just like wiping his ass with the title belt or something yeah every new superstar he will just destroy and then yeah leave <laughs> and he'll be very happy with that yeah uh, so those are our top five favourite debuts of all time and I feel like there's some good ones but I do want to quickly mention a couple more um, in there I, I feel like it's important to mention one of my favourite debuts The Outsiders coming into WCW yeah well actually um, it's a bit cheeky so I didn't sort of use it but I actually had as a reserve the NWO debuting which is kind of Hogan turning heel but that's the day, kind of the debut of a faction right when yeah, it's yeah, revealed completely. that Hogan is the third man and I just I love that moment the um, I know I know your thoughts on Hogan but that promo that Hogan does the second he turns heel with uh, Mean Gene is just fire it's so good it's one of my favourite promos of all time and you can tell it's coming from the heart from a man who's like never been booed before and is just fucking loving it you know exactly and you're right I'll never disparage the historical importance of that moment of the NWO forming because it was the most important moment in wrestling history without a doubt um, but also the, the outsiders coming in and no one knew it was like oh is, is this real are they actually invading like is it a war what, what's going on and it's just absolutely brilliant mm. did you know that Eric Bischoff because of legal reasons claims that um, that it was never his intention for it to look like Kevin Nash and Scott Hall had come from WWE like was still employed by WWE um, when they were in WCW, he said that he was making it um, that his idea for the storyline was that they had come back as former WCW wrestlers because they had both worked for WCW when they were much younger and not stars. Yeah, and they came back for revenge because they were misbooked in the past. And he says that because WWF sued them, so he has to say that. But he still sticks to that to this day. That's yeah. ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, Eric Bischoff is a snake. King Carney. Yeah, <laughs> that was. Um, that was one of my backups as well Eric Bischoff debuting on Raw mine yeah. too it was one of my yeah. backups because it's um, such a great moment in the moment of... that you just never thought would like younger wrestling fans who don't know like the idea of Eric Bischoff he, you know he comes out he's introduced as the new general manager of Raw and gives Vince McMahon a massive hug that's like um, I, don't, I don't know what's, what's it like it's like um Jeremy Corbyn and Theresa May, yeah, like yeah. becoming best friends and making out in public, like that's is it's that sort of what the fuck is going on here? This is yeah. crazy. Less than two years ago, that man legitimately tried to put the other man out of business, and yeah, this is why Vince McMahon will, as crazy and as stupid as he is, is a brilliant businessman. No, we, no, not a brilliant businessman. He's a petty businessman in the <laughs> sense that he'll give Eric Bishop a job just to show that he has won. Yes. And, and to show that aspect of it and yeah signing so, I bet signing Eric Bischoff's paycheck just gave him such a rock on every month that he did it oh without a doubt without a doubt and this is someone I didn't know and I obviously don't know how much truth is in this but the locker room didn't know that this was a fact um, until like yeah, yeah that's started. what Bischoff says yeah so yeah. he was like in hiding throughout the whole show and then they saw the wrestlers like... saw him 30 seconds before he actually went out when he just walked through Gorilla 
Yeah, because like there's the famous Booker T reaction of running into Eric Bischoff, which is just absolutely fantastic. And <laughs> it, yeah, I just I love it. I I love that debut of just Eric Bischoff coming out, and it led to some our favorite moments of re- our favorite time period of wrestling. Eric Bischoff running Raw. He was yeah, great, was, absolutely he great. Was. Yeah, he was um, just perfect. Um, perfect heel um, authority quote unquote character just played it played it perfectly but did great stuff as well you know really good stuff that really boosted Raw and the whole competition between Smackdown and Raw and Eric trying to sign old WCW guys and normally winning because he had like favours with Steiner and Goldberg and stuff it was (laughs) yeah absolutely do you remember when um, Stone Cold was co-GM with Bischoff those two had amazing chemistry man like they they were just brilliant together. No way out. Stone Cold's return match um, when oh, yeah, he faced Bischoff. Eric Bischoff, and Eric Bischoff was in his like karate outfit. Yeah, <laughs> and Stone Cold just whooped him all over the arena, and yeah. Eric Bischoff sold it like death. And yeah, I I adore that time of wrestling purely for that brilliant. man. Do you remember? I think it was Bad Blood two thousand and three when um, they're both sitting in the box together as co GMs mm. watching. And, you want a hot dog? Um, yeah, exactly. And he gives him like super spicy stuff, and Eric Bischoff ends up throwing up, throwing up outside the box onto the fans. <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten about that until this moment. It's wrestling, <laughs> um, uh, and uh, I really shouldn't have ended on this because it's not as important as the other two. But uh, the radicals coming to to WE as well. That was very cool. Yeah, that was cool. Um, yeah, it was cool. Uh, it except so- Perry Sam. Uh, yeah, we don't we don't need Perry to poor Perry. He seems like a really nice dude. He's just one of life's victims, isn't he? And he will die soon. It'll be really sad because um, he's a drug addled mess. Um, uh, one I was going to mention as well is um, Nakamura in NXT. Yes, yeah, I did kind of consider Sami Zayn's that one. farewell simultaneous with Nakamura's debut. Yeah, just the yeah. anticipation of him coming out was oh, awesome. completely. And I feel like the only reason I didn't include it because that has been his only pinnacle of his WE career at this point yeah just the only good thing that's come out of it but it's one of those moments I'll always remember because it was all of us on the couch and we were so excited to see Nakamura and then the music hit the crowd were in such a fantastic match that would probably be one I put into our top five debut matches yes Um, yeah definitely yeah it's a great and when you when you watch it back as well like uh, so Sami Zayn and Nakamura had never wrestled before. They didn't do any rehearsals or they never even touched. Yeah. They just did the match. And you watch it and they do sort of, they just go through the motions of their own arsenals. Like it's a very basic match, really. But it's the atmosphere and they pace it beautifully and they understand, they, they work off the crowd. They understand what the crowd want and when they want it. And they just deliver it. It's just two master wrestlers just you know, working safely, not doing much. Neither of them are going to damage themselves or each other wrestling that way. Very basic, but just the psychology and the pacing is beautiful. So well done. Yeah, completely. Um, and we, we could do a, another top five debuts of top five debuting NXT superstars because there's so many of those as well that have just been absolutely fantastic. Well, they ruin them now by have, um, yeah. showing them sitting in the crowd at the takeovers and stuff. I don't like that. I I, I want the first time I see um, an indie star debuting in NXT or whatever, the first time I want to see them in NXT is wrestling. I want them to see them come out and get a pop because no one's seen them before. I don't want to see them in a suit awkwardly waving at people. Yeah, exactly. But also done debut on the main roster. There's been some 
really good ones for that as well. Like Paige obviously springs to mind. I've always loved the Enzo and Cass debut on Raw. You know, yeah. that, that used to be special. And now it's, they do backstage segments where they're like walking around and then they slowly get introduced onto TV. It's, it's, it's weird. Yeah, stupid. Stupid, man, stupid. So that was our top five wrestling debuts. I'm sure you don't agree with them, but who gives a shit? Not me. Not me either. But we appreciate you listening and putting up with it. If you want to leave us any comments or anything you want to talk about, you can go to which website? I got to fun.com. Sorry, you um, took me by surprise there. It comes at the end of every show. Who would afford it? <laughs> Shut up. And had, um, can we quickly plug Game Till 5 as well? Because we haven't mentioned them for a while. Sure. And I, I listened to their last show um, earlier today, and they continue to be very good. So go listen to our sister podcast, Game Till 5. It's If you like video games and all women, it's good stuff. <laughs> Pick one. You can't have both. <laughs> but no, it's a very good podcast, and, and they're very informative on their, their game decisions. Me and Jesse a little bit jealous, because... We we want to do a different top five now, and that would have been a great transition for us. I want to talk. I want to talk about video games. Yeah, exactly. I love video games. Yeah, me too, my friend. I love video games. <laughs> I'm so cool. I love wrestling and video games. <laughs> that's gonna. That's literally gonna be our um, Easter weekend, isn't it? We're gonna yeah. we're gonna wrestle, play video games, and drink ourselves stupid. Oh, it's gonna be beautiful. It's gonna be fall into each other's arms. Oh. Just wait until you all see the pictures. They Make are sweet love on the green grass. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I know what weekend I'm in for. This is good to know. Um, we'll be back in two weeks' time with another top five. Maybe it'll be long. Maybe it'll be short. Maybe there'll be a guest. Maybe Jesse won't show up. Who knows what's going to happen? Who the hell knows? You have to show up, mate, because I don't know how to do technical technical shit. But uh, yeah, honestly, thank you for joining us and supporting us through this arduous, long, difficult journey. <laughs> I'm sorry, Miss Rebel. <laughs> Until next time, safe dreams, happy travels, what? goodbye. Happy Easter, everyone. Jesus <laughs> died for you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>